Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 75. We had a chance to interview the co-owner of Hiram and Solomon Cigars, Mr. Fuad Kashadi. This was a very fun and interesting interview. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. And for this... Uh, dare I say this is probably something that's been a long time coming. I know that we've been messaging back and forth for a while now trying to coordinate schedules. And, and I can tell you this right now. There are so many questions we have. <laughs> I know. We have so many questions. We're so intrigued. And before we begin, I have to just tell you a quick story of how I actually found your cigars. So there's a local tobacconist here in Ohio that started carrying the Hiram and Solomon line. And uh, I, I admittedly, and, and this is just being candid i just it was in the new cigar case that they have there and i just kind of walked by it and uh i was kind of going in for my regular inventory just trying to pick some stuff up and one of the guys there one of the few guys there that i really trust to make good recommendations is like hey have you ever tried these cigars and i was like i've seen them before i've never tried them and he took me over to the case and ended up getting the fellow craft and i fell in love absolutely fell in love i actually just got a few more this past week because i loved them that much so obviously you're very welcome we did we did the review like weeks ago of the fellow craft and i i I have to be honest with you i haven't had any of the other ones because i I love i love the fellow craft so much um but i know that you're going to convince me in this episode to to, 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 to try more to get the rest of them so um let us begin um I would like to know, and I, you know, Chris and I did a little bit of research as, as far as the connection to the masonry community as a whole, but really, how did you become a part of this? Like, how did this whole cigar thing start, and what intentions did you guys bring forward at the inception? See, I've been mason for uh, right now about 25 years. That goes back to my grandfather, and, uh, uh, and, uh, I became master of the lodge and then I became secretary of the lodge for a few years. And uh, we we used to go down after the meeting, go downstairs in the dining room and uh, sit down with the guys and smoke smoke cigars, regular cigar, any cigars that we can get our hands on and uh, some scotch. And the numbers grew so big uh, that uh, affected the uh, the membership in our lodge that doubled in two years, which is a big number. And... Uh, we start thinking, uh, why do we don't have any Masonic uh, cigars? We have everything. We have shirts. We have uh, hats. We have uh, knives. We have everything, but no Masonic cigars. And at that moment, there was uh, some discussion about raising some money for a scholarship. And we said, okay, let's let's roll about a thousand cigars and uh, sell them as a hobby, nothing else. Uh, and uh, we put our Masonic uh, emblem on it, and we sell it to the brothers, and we collect money for the scholarship. Uh, the thousand cigars sold so fast that we ran another thousand and another thousand. Then another lodge called us. They heard about the program. All of a sudden, before we know it, uh, we're uh, worldwide and uh, we become our, our full-time job and uh, keeping always uh, our uh, uh, cha- charity, which expanded it from not just Masonic to non-Masonic uh, charities too, uh, in mind because that's how we started. That's how we're going to continue. That's crazy. That's really cool. 
And you guys, um, correct me if I'm wrong. So if there is a lodge that hosts one of your events that a lot of times that through that charity process, you'll end up covering some costs or donating money back to that particular lodge. Correct. So it's always like kind of paying it forward a little bit, if you will. The, but we, we have we have a special price for uh, charity events uh, that technically technically it is our cost. Yeah, we make money on it and uh, whatever the the lodge make lodges or any uh, community that that they're doing the event, uh, they sell the cigars at the uh, retail price or a little bit less discounted. They keep the rest of the money. Gotcha. Uh, and on top of it, I mean, we donate some stuff for raffles and stuff like that. We we end up losing in, in those events. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, I think the charitable thing is something that perhaps uh, you guys are certainly setting yourself apart for, and I'm not saying that other, you know, cigar manufacturers aren't charitable, but, you know, having an identity around that, I think is definitely set yourself apart that you have, let's, I, you. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bigger, it's a larger meeting. It's a, it's a more profound meaning, I guess, at the end of it, then, um, you know, all about those Benjamins, all about making the money. <laughs> um, you guys have so many other intentions and they're, they're good for a community. They're, they're good just beyond, um, smoking a cigar, which I think is really cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. So I have to ask you this. You said you've been a Mason for what? 20, 25, 25 years. Yeah. 25 years. Yes. So how did you get into that? So I, 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 it, from what I've read, it's something that you have to kind of ask permission for. It's never an invitation. Um, is it like, is there any part of that that's like passed down from generation? Like how, how does one become a Mason? Uh, if, you, if you read on any of our band's label, there is a small, uh, like a size of that says to be one, ask one. Okay. So all you have to do is ask Mason, I want to become a Mason. Uh, most of the time, uh, and I'm I don't, not always, not most of the time we become as a passed down generation as my grandfather was a Mason. My father was not for whatever reason, but, uh, I was very intrigued with it. And, uh, when I, when I, uh, immigrated to the United States 30 years ago, uh, we moved to a town and down the block, there was the Masonic lodge. I just went there and knocked on the door. I said, I want to become a mem- member. And there's a process that you go through it and uh, to, to get approved and uh, uh, some studying that you have to do. You have to prove yourself that you are worthy of being among some selected group of people. Uh, our motto is uh, to take good men and make them better. So that's that, that's how, how, how the process goes. So you want to become one, you have to ask one. I'm, I'm waiting for you right now to say it. <laughs> well, I was thinking about applying to a couple different uh, private places. Uh, funny enough, when we reviewed the fellow craft um, the, a couple months ago, I think it was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about, man, this is crazy. Like, it makes me want to join, like, Freemasons. Because we mentioned that uh, our grandfather was a Freemason in the state of Ohio. And um, I was just like, man, now I'm kind of interested in, like, these the, like these types of groups and organizations. And I shit you not, just saying that. I immediately get a private link to join the Illuminati two days after the <laughs> the podcast aired. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> Let the recruitment begin. Yeah, we have nothing to do with the Illuminati. <laughs> that's what you, that's what you say publicly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So so it's um, you know, I I I unlike Chris's intriguing. Uh, you know, our, our grandfather was a Mason. I didn't know what that meant. 
at the time of which I was younger, except for the fact that my mom's told me that my grandma's told me that, um, candidly, uh, my, my old boss, he was, he had told me about, I think he's only been a Mason for like four years now or something like that. Um, but he made it sound like it's just a, like a bunch of guys that go into like a hidden temple, they wear robes and he's like, he's like, and he, he, he made it sound so, I was like, it sounds, it sounds kind of not good, <laughs> but, um, it, it clearly isn't that, but uh, we, we don't, we don't wear robes. Uh, there, there are some, uh, I mean, plays that we do that we wear some, uh, whatever the play uh, needs. Right. Uh, and mostly depicts the old time, uh, old testaments, uh, whether you wear, uh, you're dressed as a King Solomon or Hiram or something. Gotcha. So the only time, but no, we, we, we go to the meetings with our, uh, jacket and ties and suits. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. So there is there is a dress code uh, per se. Yeah, a suit, a suit usually, and a tuxedo for degree meetings. Oh, nice. I like dressing. I like up. wearing a tux. So I think this uh, this is sounding pretty good. I think you're convincing and me. Scotch and cigars. Yeah, this is like this is everything I've dreamed of. <laughs> Um, let me ask. Let me ask you this. Um, I, I read something, and and I'm making an assumption that this is a. Uh, the community as a whole is predominantly male, but is are females allowed? What's what's the representation like from from a female perspective? No, uh, it's a, it's a pre, uh, it is a hundred percent male. Uh, okay. uh, that, uh, women, we have an auxiliary uh, groups for them that called the Easter Star. That technically they are the wives, the daughters, the mothers okay. uh, of Mason. That they have their own groups. Now, saying that does not mean you will not find a woman saying that I'm a Mason, which they belong in a foreign uh, jurisdictions uh, like uh, France. France allows some women to, to join Brazil the same way. Okay. But these are, this, this is what we call them. Uh, uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't recognize them. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I'm telling you what, this makes it sound even more intriguing for me. <laughs> I like I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm hearing. I love all these different things. Um, so, so explain explain a little bit to us about the um, the charitable aspect. So that's, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that's kind of something that's been written in for a long period of time, and and obviously has a strong sense of community. But what are the obligations from each person as far as you know providing to charity? It's a, it's whatever the person can do. What we have, what we call it in Mason, the cable toe. So you can stretch your cable toe as far as it gets, and that's where you, your obligation is for charity and for helping. And that could be anything from money to spending time at uh, helping, uh, cleaning, uh, feeding a person uh, at uh, some uh, at some uh, events. Uh, on, on top of it. Uh, uh, to join, uh, when, when once you become a Mason, you have to go to three degrees, enter apprentice, fellow craft, master Mason, where where our or, original blue line came, enter apprentice, fellow craft, master Mason. Once you pass that, there's different groups. One of them is the Shriners. The Shriners operate 22 hospitals in the United States, five in Canada, two in uh, Mexico, and one in Germany, and one in, in the Philippines, I believe. And they are totally free for whomever cannot pay. If you have insurance there, they'll ex- happily accept it. If not, then you don't, you're not bound to pay any penny. And they're high-level high top uh, research center for burn and orthopedic. And they get uh, uh, kids uh, from all over the world. They come here. They bring them with their family. The, and uh, apparently they do about three, just the Shriner themselves, about $3 million a day in charity. 
the beside that group, there's another group called the Scottish Rite, which they operate dyslexic centers. They're free again for whomever cannot afford. Uh, they operate uh, dyslexic centers everywhere. Then they have the Knight Templars who have uh, heart, uh, heart centers. Uh, there are other group, uh, Tall Cedars of Lebanon, that they operate eye centers. So uh, charity, it's a core in our uh, fraternity. Uh, we highly su uh, support any uh, any groups that uh, need need any kind of charity, even non non Masonic uh, charities. And uh, we support schools, we support universities, we support whatever we can we we can do. That's fantastic. That's really cool. I I love hearing that um, that it, it's I'd say especially these days. I think it's tough to find not that people are unwilling to help other people but the fact that there is such a strong sense of community around it and that it's a priority it's an obligation almost as far as like the outreach to the community as a whole not just from a masonic perspective but like you said supporting school districts and you know things that aren't necessarily directly associated with that's rare i feel like these days so that's yeah, it's really we, good to we, hear that we, we, we have to give back to the community. That's how we feel about it. Yeah, that's very cool. So you said you you kind of mentioned earlier different. Um, there's kind of different steps or there's different tiers, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking in my head almost like from a military sense, as far as like you have a private corporal, lieutenant, and all the different rankings. So where where does it begin? So where does someone begin, and when when can they? Where where's kind of where you're topped out? We we begin. Uh, uh, First, as as I said, you have to ask somebody to become a mason. Mm -hmm. Once we, you, uh, you you ask somebody that your name will go to the to the lodge, uh, it will be put on the trust board for 30 days to see if anybody uh, has any objection to it. Uh, once the 30 days pass with no objections, uh, uh, the master of the lodge will appoint three people to come to your to your house and meet with you and with your other significant other. Uh, to see if they have if they have any objection because if they have any objection we will not accept you to okay. be because we want the whole family to be okay with it uh the committee goes back to the lodge with their uh findings and uh we have what we call a secret ballot so uh the whole lodge will be put on a secret ballot everybody has to ballot on upon your petition and uh white ball elects cube reject black cube reject that's where it came uh, he was a black you like blackballed uh, that's a term, Masonic term that people use without knowing that it's a Masonic term. So if you get one black ball versus hundred or a thousand white ball, you're still rejected. So you have just unanimous. Once you go through that, you'll be uh, you come to your first degree. You you go through with first degree. You have an examination. You have a book to study. You have to prove uh, efficient uh, in that in front of the lodge. Once you pass it, you go to the second degree same thing then you go to the third degree you become and once you go to the third degree which is the master mason you finish your examination now you are a fully pledged mason after that everything else is an honorary degrees you can you hear people saying oh, he's a 32 he's a 33 he's a whatever is those are honorary members of the scottish right that anybody can attend up to 33 now from the 32 to 33 it's where about 30 to 40 years of uh, real dedication to uh, research, Masonic uh, charity, uh, that that would earn you that. And the, the, the 33 degree is the only degree that you will be uh, uh, asked to join. You cannot even earn it yourself. Oh, wow. You, you will earn it your work. 
but not uh, you cannot just apply to it and get it like the rest of the degrees. Right. Understood. So, it, so there's technically it's not really governed by any one person. It sounds like overall it's governed by whoever is in, inducted into the Masonic community. Is that correct? Uh, every, every, uh, in, in the states here, every state has their own grand lodge that oversees uh, the, okay. uh, the, uh, all the other lodges. Uh, the Grand Masters, uh, which we call the Grand Master, he's the uh, one year or two year, depends on the state, Every uh, they have term. He's the uh, the ruler, whatever he says goes. Uh, nobody will object. Uh, he has time. Once he finishes, he's done. Uh, second one comes. And uh, and every country in the world, they have their own Grand Lodges and uh, Grand Masters. And these Grand Masters, uh, every year they meet once or twice uh, in different countries uh, to set the rules for everybody. Uh, so myself, I can go from here, I can go to Russia, I can go to Brazil, I can go anywhere. The degree works are the same, everything is the same. Uh, I can know exactly what's happening, even if it's going, going in a foreign language that I don't understand, but I will know exactly what's happening. That's crazy. I like, I, I, I wonder about, oh, sorry, I'll let you go. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm so curious. Like, since it's uh, international, I wonder like the cultural disparities between each type of Grand Master Lodge, so to speak. Because you've got so many. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't say you've got different divinations, obviously, but I would imagine that all these kind of fall under the same kind of. Uh, you know, I don't know. Is is it primarily Hebrew? Is it primarily Christianity? Like, how many? Like, what type of non-denominations are there? We, we, we are not religion at all. Uh, our only requirement to join is to believe in one God. That's why we have the G on the on our uh, square and compass. Uh, so we believe, you have to believe in one God. You cannot be an atheist and join. Gotcha. Uh, you can be in any denomination. You can be Christian, Jewish, Muslim, uh, Hindu, or any uh, any religion. As long as you we don't discuss religion, we don't discuss politics in the lodge. Uh, even though everybody believes that we do control the world and uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> I had a sneaking suspicion <laughs> that, that the entire world is run by the, well, it's, isn't it? I mean, think about it just even these days, how, I mean, your concept takes those ideas to another level as far as like believing in a God, but it doesn't have to be your God. It doesn't have to be the one you believe in. I mean, that's such a profound difference from the way people inherently think about religion. It's so yeah. beyond it's so beyond the normal way of thinking when people really think of re- certain religious factors. That's, it's, it's kind of, that's awesome. The open, that's really cool. Yeah. The, 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 these are rules that have been set uh, from the early, I mean, many hundreds of, uh, hundreds of years now. And yeah. you gotta, even at that time, people who set these rules, how enlightened they were, how, how advanced they were among other, uh, among their peers, for them to set such rules when at that time there was no tolerance for for anything. Uh, that's really impressive. I mean, that's think about it. Even back to hundreds of years, that's so forward thinking, which is really yeah. cool. I mean, that's a community that I could get a part of for sure. Yeah, because I hate really talking cool. politics. That's like the worst thing. I, <laughs> oh, I hate being part of that. Yeah, that's it is. It's incredibly forward thinking. I really like the idea of. Um, how you could, I mean, and that's a way that you can really collectively on a much broader scale, bring people together as to where religion is always, there's always that there's a barrier. Yeah. There's a barrier that always seems to exist. 
between Absolutely. other humans. So that's really cool. So what are, I read something that, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, that the name, the name was, uh, or the title of this person was Tyler. And it, it, the description was, it was someone who kind of guarded the outer doors of the temple. Is that a real thing? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. So you guys have bodyguards? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a symbolic uh, thing. Oh. Yes, he has a big sword in his hand uh, during the meeting, and uh, you have to pass him to go to the meeting. You have to prove yourself to be a mason before going inside. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a symbolic. Uh, everything, everything we do, it's symbolic. Technically, yes. Okay, I was wondering if like someone was appointed that position because they messed up, like they just they did something wrong, and it's like you know what, we're, we're you're, demoting you to Tyler. Yeah, you're demoted to Tyler. <laughs> you get to sit outside the door. Okay, I, I get it. You're, you're usually, the, uh, I mean, the the position of a Tyler is for a past master. After you become master of lodge, uh, your title become a past master. So mo- most of the past master become the Tyler because. They tend to know most of the people. Okay, so and, so they and, know uh, who's coming in and yeah. who's not. Okay, and, gotcha. And they will have time to to nap while the meeting is going. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't actually participate in the meeting. So they're not. They're not. Uh, they're outside. Yes. Oh wow, man, that's kind of sounds like a nice position. Yeah. <laughs> you get to be the guard. Like none of them are caring, are they? Like none of them have firearms on them, do they? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> so as it relates to the cigars, obviously Chris and I and, and our listeners are super interested in this whole thing. And you've divulged a ton of information already. But the interrelation that it has to cigars, that is really where my curiosity is. And you explain kind of how it started. And I love that story, but where do you want to see it go beyond this? Do you want more out of it? Are you guys looking to expand? Are you looking to take, you know, folks who are, I mean, there's, there's guys like me and there's other people in the cigar community who aren't Masons who love your product. Where, where do you see it in the next five, 10 years or down the road? Like conceptually, where do you want it to be? So when we first started, the target was just for the brothers or the brethren, uh, to sit down together, uh, collect some money for that. But uh, as we've seen it now, that it grew faster than we ever expected. And uh, we start getting, I mean, uh, our uh, hashtag in, uh, on Instagram right now, it's everyone's cigar. Uh, because we don't want it just on the Mason's hand. We want it, everybody want everybody to smoke it. And we see it as a tool uh, to, if you want to call it recruit. Or, yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's a nice recruitment tool, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, believe it or not, so far uh, we're close to 100 people that join lodges because of our cigar, whether they wanted to join or whether they discovered it uh, uh, through the cigar, uh, they're intrigued by it, and we get phone calls, how can I join, and we put them directly where their grand lodges and stuff, and uh, most of them, they keep up with me. Uh, We've done the enterprises, we've done the fellow craft, we've done the master mason, uh, so a lot of work. And... uh, so we will promote masonry to uh, let people know about it that we exist we are here we do a lot for this up here uh, our country here, uh, with mason george washington and franklin uh, most of the signers of the constitution uh, they're masons uh, as i said we are growing so fast we're about 17 countries right now in europe in russia we're going to soon be in russia in england and uh, australia wow. 
Uh, we're in Africa, believe it or not. Uh, one of our first foreign countries was in uh, Congo. And uh, we're in Congo, we're in uh, West, West Africa, and hopefully soon in Uganda. So we're, we're uh, growing very big internationally and here in the United States, with, uh, we're in over 300 lounges at this moment. Uh, we're ahead of our game. Uh, and that's because of the support of the Masons that going to the lounges saying we need the cigar here. Uh, we want to be house brand for cigars, same like the major brands, but with the, with the message. Uh, it's not just a cigar. It's a cigar with a message. It's a cigar with an integrity. Uh, it's a cigar that binds people together. Uh, we have passion for masonry. We have passion for cigars. Uh, we did not invent cigars. We did not invent masonry, but we mastered to combine them both together. I think that's awesome. And, and, and it's it's uh, the other thing I was thinking about was um, as you were kind of saying all that, um, just in the world of cigars, a lot of people. Um, and it's, we've had interviews with other folks who have said the same thing. They, they get asked a question and say, well, what, what sets your cigars apart from anybody else's? And there's a lot of stuff, a lot of really good cigars that are made out there. What you just divulged as far as the story behind it and how to bring people together and the integrity, that's the stuff that separates a lot of times what separates you from the competition, you really carrying the community aspect of it. Now I will say your cigars you. are superior. They're so like that fellow craft is like one of my favorite cigars to smoke right now. It is. I don't know what you do. I don't, I know you have the hashtag discover our secrets. What's the secret behind that? So what are you guys putting in there? Is there crack cocaine in there? Like what makes that thing <laughs> so, so good? <laughs> it, it's just the dedication and uh, smoking about 32 different blends. <laughs> <laughs> end up with the final blend that's it are you so are you part of that process so it's you and just so 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 we're we're, we're speaking to you now but you have um george is also part of um yes. here and solomon as well right so so what where do your guys's responsibilities separate are you guys responsible for the same things we're mostly responsible for the same thing. So we both blend the cigars together. I mean, we have a master blender from at the Placencia that sits with us, and uh, we tell him what we're looking in the cigars. Mm -hmm. But the final decision is ours. I'll give you a small, uh, uh, like, example. Uh, uh, the Fellowcraft that you mentioned, uh, about 32 different blends went into making the Fellowcraft. It was two days of smoking, 32 cigars. Jeez. And, and uh, Cuban coffee in between. So imagine we were wired. Oh, oh my God. God. Good Lord. You have nicotine and <laughs> caffeine overload. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the, the, the Enter Apprentice is about 27 blend, uh, 34 or 35 for the Master Mason and uh, the rest of the, the cigars, too. So each one went. Uh, we may. Uh, we want a decent cigars. Uh, I may not personally like the cigar do, do for my own, own personal taste, but we're gonna make sure that there's uh, it's uh, people who wants it. Right. It's people like that, but I have to approve it too to be smooth, good draw, excellent draw. We 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 force every cigar the company to put every cigar into a draw test, not just samples of every hundred cigar, two three of them. Every cigar has to go to, into a draw test to make sure, ensure uh, that they have a great, great draw. Uh, they're very tight. If you touch the cigar, there's no empty spots, no, none of it. Even some of the major cigars, you fi find them, you see some emptiness inside. Right. We, we make sure that they are very tight, but at the same time, excellent draws. Uh, we use uh, 
tobacco, uh, combine tobacco differently, like in the Enter Apprentice, we call it the Connecticut Miracle. Uh, we combine some uh, Paraguayan and uh, some Pennsylvania Dutch in it, uh, which made, made it a little difference and uh, gives it a little kick. And the way we look at it, uh, uh, same in our degrees, the enter apprentice that prepare you for the fellow craft uh, degree and the fellow craft prepare you for the master's degree. We made our cigars to be mild with the kick, medium with the kick, and uh, full body. Oh, nice. So each cigar will prepare you for the next level. Uh, so when you smoke the enter apprentice, uh, that will prepare you for the next cigar, which is the medium, and that will prepare you for the for next cigar. So I skipped uh, a step. I, I skipped a couple steps, didn't I? <laughs> I didn't know that there was a sequence to this. I think I think I may have messed up. <laughs> yeah, you probably started with that. But uh, no, listen. I mean, it's uh, each cigar has a totally different uh, uh, flavor to it, but a different uh, taste to it. Uh, so uh, you like the Fallowcraft uh, that that was rated twice uh, number two boutique cigar, and our first year starting. Uh, we've only been in business for four years now. Uh, it's been twice uh, top ten, which is number two and number seven uh, about three years ago. That's awesome. So that's our highest rated cigar we have. Uh, and uh, I do suggest to try, if you like that, to try the the Master Mason, which has a Maduro wrapper, same uh, same uh, same tobacco, but with the Maduro wrapper, which gives it some sweetness. And definitely our best seller is the Traveling Man, which okay. can buy uh, tobacco from four four different countries and five region. Indonesian, Dominican, uh, two region of Nicaragua, Brazilian. Uh, uh, so it makes it very, uh, very unique uh, flavor, uh, very beautiful. I was going to say you have some complexity in that one. And you're able cool. to get tobacco from some really interesting regions. Like, and, and the thing is, with your price point, the fact that you're able to get your hands on a lot of that premium tobacco is, I'm a little well, we, interested in how you got that. <laughs> We were lucky with that we went to Placencia factory, which is the, they are the biggest, if you're familiar with Placencia, mm-hmm. uh, the, the biggest uh, grower of tobacco, uh, any kind of tobacco that you can think of, they will have it. And uh, it is just a matter of sitting and putting these tobaccos together because, you know, there's unlimited ways of mixing tobacco and uh, flavors and uh, uh, so, so far we were very successful and hopefully we'll continue doing it. And it will be the first time that we announce right now on, on your uh, podcast right now that uh, so in a few weeks we will be introducing uh, the Grand Architect. Oh, oh yes. Woohoo. You heard it first. <laughs> I was just going to, I was literally just going to ask you what's next. <laughs> and boom, you read my mind. Our next will be the Grand Architect, which has a totally different band on it, uh, which uh, showing uh, the hand of God coming from the clouds uh, with the square compa- with the compasses in his hand, designing the world. That's why we call God uh, uh, the Grand Architect. He's the one who designed the world. So uh, uh, that's very important for us. That's really cool. I like the symbolism feature. there. Thank you. That's going to feature uh, Metafina, Brazilian rapper, uh, and uh, expected to be a full uh, full body, very smooth full body. Yeah, a, a buddy of ours who we have on the podcast from time to time is is raving over Brazilian Modafita all the time. He's like, you know what my new favorite tobacco is? And we hear it every single time we talk Brazilian to him. Modafita. So uh, I'll make sure to mention that to him. He'll, he'll probably be sitting at your doorstep waiting for you to start selling them. <laughs> hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back at you in just a moment with more of the interview. This episode is brought to you by iHavanas.com. Chris, what do they got? People, they got Bolivars, Cahibas, and Monte Cristos, and tons of other brands. They got the greatest selection of Cuban cigars online, the guaranteed delivery at the lowest prices around. And oh, by the way, 
you can get them shipped across the world. Just visit iHavanas.com and pick up yours today. We have one of those cigars called the Veil Prophet, which is another degree of the Masons called the Veil Prophet, which has a Brazilian Arapiraca, not, not Matafina, but Arapiraca a wrapper. Uh, and that, that's, uh, again, we always, uh, we just sold out of it about uh, three or four weeks ago or so. Wow. And, and hopefully the new, the new batch will be coming soon too. That's very cool. So, so part of, and I know you said, obviously there's Masonic lodges all over the world. Are you yes. using those as a means to, um, gain some distribution in other countries? Is that, is that kind of how that relationship works or is it not, not officially, not officially, like we don't get officially, uh, we don't contact the lodge saying, uh, right. we need your help, but the brethren in those countries or any city, uh, they are the, our biggest seller. They are our biggest supporters and gotcha. they're, they're the, who goes to cigar lounges, maybe 80% of ours, the cigar lounges or the countries that we're in is because of them going nonstop and asking, we need this cigar here. We need this brand here. That is awesome. And once the owners are checking the cigar and the ratings are coming great and stuff, they are convinced that they have, they have supported for it to start with. They need to expand it to other people. Uh, and, uh, um, it's working, working out good for us. I was going to say, yeah, that, that kind of word of mouth and organic, that organic growth that exists. And, and again, I've got to give you praise because you've got, it's like you have the feet on the street, everybody. And, and, and obviously you said like scotch and cigars is a big part of like the social aspect of, of what you guys do, which is awesome. Two uh, things that I love so much. Um, but you've got the feet on the street, but you're also producing a really good product to go with it. I mean, is there a better combination as far as like getting the word out there about your cigars? No, no. I mean, that, that definitely, I mean, uh, it took us about seven years to get the approval. Uh, we don't need an approval of a grand lodge to put such cigar in the market, but mm-hmm. we need the support. Definitely. Yeah. So it took us seven years to get the support of the Grand Lodges to, uh, of New Jersey to say at the end that, yes, okay, go ahead and do it. We will support you. Uh, and their, their first condition was you gotta put this, you're not going to put the bad cigar there because we want a cigar that matches the caliber of the brethren. Uh, we want a good cigar. We want a, a cigar that uh, if we say this is a Masonic cigar, we want people to be proud to say this is a Masonic cigar, not just a uh, another uh, uh not no good uh you know what i'm, I'm yeah. talking about like a me too like a me too brand or yeah. someone that's just that's serving something up what that doesn't have a, yeah. a better inner or integrated purpose yes now i'm really curious mm. because you've got so much brethren in your lodges and in, in other master lodges around the world who are now promoting this brand in your lodge, what would you say the percentages of cigar smokers that actually are in your lodge? The percentage of cigar smoker in our lodge? Yeah. Uh, from the 330 members, uh, we have about 50 cigar smokers. Gotcha. Regular cigar smokers, and they're growing every year. That's a That's a pretty big chunk. chunk. <laughs> Good Lord. That's a big chunk. No, I love it. I love we're it. started with 20, and now we're 50, and uh, every... I mean, every month we have one or two other members, especially the new members. They're all sit down and smoke at that because they, they feel that they need to <laughs> Right, the social part of it. Right. I need to integrate myself in with these guys who have been here for a while. 
they need to mingle with the mighty and powerful. So <laughs> they have to smoke have you have you seen? Has any of them ever gotten sick in front of you? <laughs> couple, couple, one, one of the guys tried to smoke the veil profit so fast, and uh, oh, he was a big. How embarrassing. Oh, man. Well, hopefully that didn't deter him from smoking down the road because I know that's that's a big deterrent. For, we've talked about it before. It's a big deterrent for people who who kind of just try to jump in the deep end. They go for the really bold, heavy, and they're like, yeah, I can smoke it. And they get sick, and they're like, I never want to smoke cigars again. I'm like, no, you just did, you did it all wrong. Give it another chance. No, no, we we taught him the right step again from the beginning. Start with the enterprise. That's what I love. I mean, literally, that's what I love about what you said earlier. And again, I'm sorry for skipping steps. I wish I would have known that because I would have started. Because even though, I mean, from a palate perspective, there's pretty much nothing out there that I can't smoke um, or that don't I don't enjoy smoking. But I would have loved to see that. Pro- I would have loved one. I'll tell you this. I'm going to challenge myself to actually do it and go back. And then smoke each one of them so I can understand the progression of each one. I mean, that's a really cool thing. There's, I don't think there's anyone else that really does anything like that. And, and then, of course, that the fact that it's interrelated to the positions of, you know, that exist within uh, um, Freemasonry. That's so cool. That's, that's awesome. No one's doing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, you, you will find the Connecticut being a mild cigar that has some kick to it. Uh, again, uh, you'll find that usually Connecticut cigars are a boring cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you will find it. And I know, I mean, when you, you, you do your reviews, you're very honest. And I would love to hear your honest review on it, uh, uh, about it, to, to see if if gonna better than any Connecticut that you smoke, mm-hmm. match it, or less quality. I would love reviews. Uh, bad reviews does not deter me. It actually makes me work harder to improve, to see what, what was wrong with that cigar. Uh, so... Sure. That's one thing you always get from us is honesty. Well, I'll tell you what. We smoked the fellow craft. I gave it a 94.4% with the notes of slightly soft construction, which I didn't expect. Then I thought it was going to affect the burn, but it didn't. I was like, up front, mild spice, slightly tangy, get spicier again, then tangy, and then bitter in the last bit. Yeah. And it was like a roller coaster of flavors. That is mm-hmm. what I think for me and Corey made it just an amazing cigar to yeah, smoke. It was so good. It was so good. So let me ask you this. So you've got your cigars that you produce, but I'm curious to find out what's your favorite cigar. It depends on the, the time of the day. Uh, if I'm going to smoke in the morning uh, with the coffee, definitely an enter apprentice uh, afternoon, uh, a fellow craft or a traveling man. And in the evening uh, after a meal or some scotch or cognac, uh, master Mason. Okay. So what about not in the Hiram and Solomon brand? What's what's the first cigar? Do you remember the first cigar you ever smoked? And what's what's your favorite, um, yeah, not your first, own brand brand? The first cigar I ever smoked was a Cuban Romeo and Juliet uh, about uh, 32 years ago in uh, in Lebanon. My uncle handed it to me after I finished high school. And uh, he said, you're, you're a man now, start smoking cigars. So, uh, <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jump in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, oh hell, geez. Uh, there is uh, there is a lot of cigars in the market that uh, I I love. Uh, we respect competition, and uh, I would not like to mention any specific names. But there's every brand. They have their own distinctive uh, line that uh, I love, and I smoke all of them just to compare ourselves uh, mm-hmm. to see the market. There's a lot of good cigars in the market, lots of good cigars in the market. The last 10 years, definitely all the companies develop their their, uh, their pelts and then the, they're producing excellent, excellent cigars, mm-hmm. excellent 
whether from Nicaragua or Honduras or Dominican or uh, other countries, that just a beautiful, beautiful uh, piece of arts. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. We we've talked about that so many times as far as the stuff that's out there today. And it's you know I'm I'm dumb because I just I keep buying, but I don't have anywhere to store them. But it's just like I'm so I just want to get my hands on certain things just as quickly as I possibly can. And I, I'm just, I always want to try new stuff. Like I never, I'm not one of those guys. Chris isn't either. We're not, uh, there's certainly, I have favorites. I have, you know, cigars that rank in my top 10 that I'll buy over and over, but I always interlace those with new stuff. I mean, just the, the selection, I feel like you're, if you, if you're only smoking one thing, you're depriving yourself of so much good stuff that exists out there. That's my response usually to people saying, no, no, I only smoke this. That's it. Nothing else. And I usually, my question will be, do you eat only one thing in your life? Mm. No, I eat stuff. So why you don't smoke different stuff? Yep. Variety yeah. is the spice of life, as they say. Uh, I got, um, I got good response from that. People tried and but there is always that 10%. Now I'm smoking this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Our podcast doesn't do well with those people. <laughs> no, we don't. People really like to listen. I mean, I, I, the majority of our audience is people who really like to explore new things and, and it's, it's kind of why we've created this weird little niche. But, um, yeah, I mean your, your cigars, I, I, just from the craftsmanship of it, especially with the one that I love the most is just it's so good like it's it's weird to me how you know it was funny because when we first reviewed I, I i looked at chris i had already smoked one and i was like we we're going to go back we're going to go buy more of these and we we are going to review this cigar immediately i said we have to do it and my whole thing and, and i've this has happened to me before where i'll smoke a cigar and then i'll go wow i really want to kind of put this out there like this needs to be a cigar people need to know about um, and then I'll smoke it a second time and be kind of underwhelmed where I don't have the same experience. This was one where I smoked it the second time and it was even better than the first time. And I was like, oh my gosh. And Chris is looking at me. We're smoking him. I'm like looking at him in the face and was like, man, this is unreal. So, I mean, hats off to you. I'm, I'm clapping right now underneath my desk. I just don't want it to be too loud. But um, <laughs> it, you guys have done such a fantastic job. And, and I love the story around it. I mean, just the integration of everything, the the story, how it's interlaced. I mean, the community part of it, the social aspect, that's what cigar smoking is all about. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing. It's not just another, there's guys that I feel like sometimes are just kind of throwing stuff out there. They're producing because maybe they had a platform to do so, or they knew somebody, but there was no real intention outside of that. And I always try to look for that connection, right? A, a reason to belong. And you guys have nailed it. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. You are very welcome. Um, I think we do have some for you. We have some listener questions. So we always solicit questions uh, from certain listeners who are um, either curious about the brand, want to know more. So if you can hang on with us for probably another five minutes, uh, we've got some of those if, you, if you'd like to answer. All right. So Absolutely. We've got some. And thankfully, uh, a lot of our general discussion we just had in the podcast kind of addresses a lot of people's uh, questions because we had the same questions uh, but one in particular stands out so far to me and that comes to us from Shane Rail. he says uh, was the book The Da Vinci Code historically accurate concerning the Masons uh, m- most of it yes with the with the some Hollywood uh, <laughs> sure <laughs> wasn't there a part in the movie National Treasure that had something to do with the Masons as well mm-hmm. 
The whole thing, actually. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing, right? Oh man, is that okay? So is there is is that inflated as well, or is that? I mean, obviously that one's probably. No, it's, not, it's not historical stuff. I mean, that uh, they were very accurate. Uh, the, the times of the events, uh, they were accurate. Oh, that's uh, crazy. The, the treasure, the treasure at the end. Uh, that, that I cannot tell you. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but That's man, fair. you wish it was. <laughs> Saying that uh, I get sometimes uh, some phone calls or messages. Uh, if we smoke your cigar, will I find the treasure? And I usually tell them behind every band there is a small code. Keep on collecting it. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that. What an awesome response. That is the best thing ever. <laughs> like trying to find the golden ticket from Willy Wonka. Yeah, just hang, just hang in there <laughs> one of these days you may be the lucky winner i can just imagine some poor soul out there about like 600 boxes of your cigars and he's just going through each one of them <laughs> oh that's crazy i love it but yeah so i mean that was really the big one that stuck out to me when it came to you know are atheists allowed to smoke these cigars or join the masons obviously we got that answer mm-hmm. a lot of people just talking about joining and just wanting to know general information about the masons and i think we covered Pretty much all of our listener questions out just side of the one of our Hollywood movies historically accurate yeah. to the Freemasons. <laughs> is there is there anything that you want to tell our collective audience or anything that you want to divulge? I mean, I know you you had mentioned on here and, and we're happy that you, you know the the story was broke on the podcast as far as the new blend coming out, but is there anything else that you want to tell the collective audience as far as what you guys are doing going forward? No, I mean, uh, basically, we're, we're stuck to our standards. We're, we're trying to improve on what we have, and uh, we want our story to be, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, uh, an example for everybody out there, whether they want to do cigars or they have a dream uh, to do it, that everything is doable. You have a dream, get up and do it. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's a great message. I This is... Uh, man, I swear our interviews, they just keep getting better and better. I don't know how it's possible, but it's like they just keep getting better and better. And this is this one was so much fun for me because I think there was so much intrigue around it. Um, people, you know, listeners of ours have been asking us for a while because we kind of we kind of put it out there a little bit. I know we were trying to get some scheduling things down and people were like very, very interested in knowing more. So this is good that uh that they 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 now have all the information at their fingertips and and I can't thank you enough literally yeah, I know it's been a long time coming but your guys your guys' stuff is great you're great I love what you're doing I cannot wait for more stuff to be you know broadcast out into the marketplace I'm definitely going to follow the sequence of cigars now I'm going back to the beginning Same. Yeah. and I'm going to go all through them and I, and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to tell you and we're going to have a conversation about it and it's going to be fun so um, I'll apprentice with a cup of coffee. Oh, will do. I definitely will. I will. I will take your advice on any of that stuff. So, um, do we, do we have a couple of minutes or not yet? No, tell you. Okay. No. Yeah, we do. We do for sure. Uh, there's uh, one one of the reviewers in uh, Sweden called was smoking the Enter Apprentice and uh, he called it the Connecticut miracle, technically because it has some kick to it and uh, it's not a boring cigar. So at IPCPR, not this year, the year before, and uh, for for people who don't know the IPCPR, it's the trade, uh, the cigar trade show mm-hmm. uh, in, in Vegas. One of the retailers approaches me and goes, uh, "Can you tell me why?" And he was very serious. Why it was called the Connecticut Miracle? 
And I looked at his face. I was like, well, I'm going to tell this guy it's a good cigar or whatever. I said, listen, man, do you know the story of Jesus in the Bible? When he had to feed 5,000 people, he only had two fish and few bread. He said, yes. I said, I was in the cigar lounge. There were 5,000 smokers. I have two cigars. I kept on reaching in the box and cigars kept on coming. That's why it's connected. Oh, dude. I That's love awesome. It. I love it. That's so cool. <laughs> That's the guy. I love that stuff, man. This has been so cool. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I've, I very much enjoyed our time on this episode. I cannot thank you enough again. Guys, last last time when I listened to your podcast, I called everybody after the the fact. You need to listen to this. It is just fun. It's beautiful, despite the fact that I mean, you said ninety four point four for the fellow craft. I love it. I, I, I will tell you this. I think because of you broadcasting that out, our listenership, I, I get statistics that come through our development platform, and uh, it skyrocketed that week. I mean, it went it went through the roof. So whatever you did, it definitely it definitely worked, which we yeah. uh, which we appreciate. And I will tell you this: um, we recorded an episode that we'll be releasing this coming week, but the week after, we're going to release this one, which will be our seventy fifth episode. So it's a milestone episode for us. Uh, let me know, and I will broadcast. I will uh, summon my brothers through. Oh, there you go. Love it. <laughs> Love it. We greatly appreciate yes. it. Have have an awesome weekend. We'll definitely be in touch, and I will. Uh, I will give you my synopsis once I go through all those cigars and let you know. Uh, let you know my findings. Thank yeah. So much. Hopefully, when we meet, uh, we will come to Ohio. We'll meet. We'll meet up, guys. Oh, totally. You got married, right? Y- yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. W- Yes, I I was recently uh, recently married uh, a couple months, so that has been uh, a fun new adventure of my life. Um, so yeah, everything has been awesome. Thank you for the congratulations; it's been great. If you ever are in Ohio, you definitely have yes. to make sure you come. You know, come meet uh, up with us. If you're if you're not, we'll come to you. So we plan on doing some traveling here in the the near future. Anytime. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. Have a wonderful weekend, and uh, we will be talking and staying in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you, All sir. Right, see ya. Bye. Bye. What a wonderful man. What a, yeah, very wonderful dude. That was so fun. Dude, man, it's like, so, all right, a person asked me uh, a few episodes ago, uh, what is the most memorable background or background story to a cigar? Mm-hmm. And the one that po- like immediately poked out to me was Protocol. Yeah. I love those dudes to death. But I can't possibly see a better story than this one. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, I mean, you think about too. Um, you know, we always talk about the importance, the social aspect yeah. of cigar smoking as a whole, right? Yeah. If you go into a cigar lounge, they're doing the same thing, but in an enriched community that's literally been together for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Yep. They're smoking in lodges. We're typically smoking in lounges, but there's that sense of community that exists. And especially people who love the same things. I Me mean, saying 50 people out of 300, so that's a lot of people. It's like they have their own subculture cigar community that exists within, you know, the Freemasons. It's like, how cool is that? That, that's, that to me is so unique. It, like, literally makes me want to join. Yeah. But unfortunately, I got to find religion first. I got to <laughs> talk to the wifey. <laughs> yeah. And I got to get interviewed. <laughs> but it's just, I, I, I love the community aspect. I, I really, to me... 
there's there's almost nothing more important. Everybody's kind of looking for the semblance and things. Yeah. And as it relates to cigars as a whole, it's like, how could it get any better than that? That was such a fun interview. It really was. For me, I just love the divulging of all the information, understanding how Freemasons work. I mean, there's certainly a hundred questions I probably could ask, but the podcast just would have went on forever. So yeah, just chose uh, chose to keep it keep it simple. And, and uh, of course, if you ask too much the first episode, it's tough to bring him back for a second. And this is someone I'd love to have back for a yeah, second definitely. episode. We do have questions. Let's do and some questions. Outs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we your, have some some remaining. It's your uh, it's your favorite segment. Give me one hot minute where we answer your questions and now do shout outs. And you can send us your questions and shout outs at facebook.com forward slash the hot ticket cigar faction where you can become a member in our little clique of people. Not as cool as the Freemasons, but we got a fucking sweet ass faction. Yeah, we do. And uh, you can do it there. Uh, this first one comes out to us from Shane Rail. Uh, great question earlier, by the way, about uh, <laughs> Da yeah. Vinci Code. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, least, I love how he was like, yeah, it's historically accurate. And I was like, huh. <laughs> um, least favorite aspect of the cigar industry slash cliches. I have one if you don't have one immediately. Yeah, I have one. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? Uh, least favorite aspect of the cigar industry or cliches? Uh, for for me, and has always been, and I've said it on the podcast numerous amounts of times, it's the pretentiousness that comes with cigars. Um, that's one thing about the industry in totality that I really don't like. I don't like where there's always been the sense of exclusiveness. Um, clearly, I mean, if you're watching this video right now, which we are videoing, um, I'm not exactly a pretentious guy. I'm wearing a backwards hat and a t-shirt, but I enjoy cigars just the same. And it's something that I love and am overly passionate about a lot of times. Um, I don't like how there's always been that. It just, I don't know. It seems there's kind of like a better than mentality to cigar smoking with some people. You know, I'm better than you or, you know, it's, I just, I don't like how that's always been a thing. And everybody knows and understands it's been a thing. And it, and that that barrier's been kind of torn down a little bit in the recent yeah. 10 years and even accelerated probably in the past two. Um, so I'm glad to see that there's all walks of life smoking cigars and everybody's able to go out and enjoy them. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, but I hate that. I feel like that was almost brought on by the industry and, and no offense to cigar aficionado, but I got, I got their magazine yesterday and it's full of watches and really expensive cars and, you know, take this dream trip to the Dominican that will only cost you $15,000. And, you know, that's not everybody who smokes cigars. And I get they have their target audience, but that's that's the realism or the perception that's been created for people is that this is what cigar smoking is. And I'm telling you right now, that magazine isn't what smoking cigars is. It's, yeah. it's simply not that. So, sorry, I, I'll get off my no, uh, soapbox. Yeah, but I have one. Uh, my least favorite aspect is that there's not enough, uh, female smokers and I think there's some reasons for it. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I've always wondered why there hasn't been a significant amount of them. There's plenty of women that smoke cigar or cigarettes, but not a lot smoke cigars. And the only two things I could think of is one, our cigar community, mostly driven of men yeah. can be overly creepy towards any female who smokes a cigar. Yeah. And then secondly, a, a female might feel like if they smoke cigars, they're going to smell or they're going to give off this 
odor that is yeah. going to be unappealing for a male. Yeah, I think there's a. I think it's all those things combined for sure. There are a bunch of creepy fucks in the cigar industry, and you know who you are. If you're listening to this, you know if you're the perv. We're calling you out, boy. Like, just, I mean, my thing is, is it, it, just like anything else, it should be warm, it should be open, it should be inviting to anybody. Anybody who wants to smoke has the ability to do so. It's not like there's not there's not restrictions to sell cigars to females. Um, I, I would love to see it more. I would love to see that honestly. A more of um, I would like to see more female smokers just from the sense of like what they think about the experience overall. You know what I mean? Like from a flavor perspective or what they like, get from a social aspect. Like I, I know it's a cultural thing. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of other things in our society that are cultural that has resulted in something negative for females. Like yeah. for example, um, the perception of what uh, an IT specialist or a developer right. is or a right. coder is. And it's predominantly males, and there's very few females, and a lot of it has to do with the cultural upbringing that if you're a female and you you're play, a coder, you're nerdy or you're you, like... Right. You're supposed to play with Barbies, and this kid is supposed to tinker with radios and right, computers. Right. Um, which which is just not... Right. I mean, I literally was at a, a huge event in Detroit that uh, one of the speakers addressed that. Yeah. Like, it's just... It, it's a cultural thing. Well, I can tell you this. Um, I've learned this... More so in the past 10 years than I have ever understood it in the rest of my life. And it is that if there is, if there are things that exist in the world that both man and, f- and woman can do, typically the woman is going to do them better. <laughs> <laughs> Women are typically smarter. They have a better sensibility to them. They have natural intuition. Um, but they can't about- let shit go. Yeah, you need to work on that, ladies. You got to let some shit go. But I think overall, just like, there, I know there's like, there's this weird physicality thing too, where it's like, yeah, that may be an area of which male is going to be dominant simply based on the way that they were built. Yeah. Right. Sure. It's like, I always use the example of like fighting an MMA. It doesn't matter how good Ronda Rousey is. If she steps in the ring with Conor McGregor or John Jones, she's going to get smoked. There's a physicality difference, but there's not an intellectual difference. As no. a matter of fact, if there's an intellectual difference, it's that women are far superior. My husband's such a dummy. I just think that there's, in the cigar world, in the realm of which we love to be in, yeah. I would love to see more females. Just because I think I feel like they would get such a sense of enjoyment. And I know there's a stigma created, but a sense of enjoyment that we all get. I mean... Girls love, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, social aspect. They love, you know, having conversation and being a part of that. Like there, there's no exclusivity as far as those things go. I don't go to a lounge and be like, can't wait to talk to the boys. I go to the lounge just because I love to smoke and I love social interaction. I don't care who you are or what you look like. Yeah. I just want to chill and talk to people. Um, Yeah. I can tell you this. I've never been to one of our local lounges and never seen a female in there smoking. Not once. Not one time. Not once. Um, And... You know, it's kind of a dingy lounge. So I wouldn't. I, I seen, wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't blame seen them. Seen a female in a lounge, but not the one we typically go to. Yeah, I saw a hooker in there once. She wasn't smoking. She oh, was I remember with her guy. with that older guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was ooh, total prostitute. Fucking sewage trash. He's like, will you follow me to the cigar lounge? Yeah, her uh, back of her leg said "ruthless." Yeah, it did. Oh, you remember <laughs> that tattoo? Oh yeah, she had the tattoo on the back of her legs. Oh, I'll never forget that scene. Maybe two hundred dollars, sweetie. <laughs> 
Um, what do we have any other questions? Uh, we do. Good we question. do. Uh, Chris Boniface says, "Hi, Chris and Corey. Hi, Chris. Ah, from the land down under. Uh, what's your thoughts on lighting before cutting? Well, I have tried it, but no noticeable differences in the quality of a burn. I always usually cut before lighting. Wait, what's the question? Cutting. Wait, what's your thoughts on lighting before cutting? Like toasting the foot, toasting then the cu- foot, and oh. then cutting. Oh yeah. Um, I would imagine huh. you do probably get a little bit more trap smoke towards the head of the cigar oh. by lighting and roasting the end. But I always typically cut before I. Yeah, I know. Before I roast, I've never done the adverse of that. My cigars are always cut. You know what? I'll try. I'll try. Light comes I'll up. try it here in a few minutes. Yeah, 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 we'll smoke. Because, yeah, I'll let you know. We'll do it in the name of science. Yeah, I'll try Chris. For science! We always do it for science. We need the reverb and the echo, like, for science! Yeah, yeah I, can, I can always do it post-production for sure. Um, yeah, we'll definitely try that, Chris. Uh, Jamie Taylor, favorite TV shows? Oh, man. Um, oh, good question. Uh, Seven Deadly Sins, uh, which is an anime. Uh, Fucking Christ. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Disenchanted on Netflix. That was a fun one. It's like uh, Simpsons but favorite but like, shows, but like favorite fantasy. shows of all time of all time. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking very recently. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, You're just like thinking of stuff you watched two days ago. No, Futurama is one of my favorite. Yeah, I used to watch the fuck out of the show. I remember that. Uh, Supernatural is one of me and Stephanie's, which is like a supernatural horror show about two brothers. Yeah. You love the lame shows. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what about you? Um, all time favorite show. The pro- I, two of them that I put on the same level. Sopranos. And that's just because they're created by the same people. No, I'm thinking of like comedies. Oh yeah. So I'm going to break okay, down. Cool. So from a comedy perspective, my all time favorite shows are, Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. because there's never been two shows that have made me laugh that hard in my life. Like mm-hmm. literally I like, pee myself at like Curb Your Enthusiasm when it came back for this this last season, season eight, dude, I was fucking dying laughing. It was so good. My all-time favorite show is The Sopranos. Yeah. So, and I've seen it three times. I absolutely love The Sopranos. Um, TV network shows, I would have to say Breaking Bad is probably at the top for me as far as something that's like on network TV. Um, Netflix specials. That's a tough I mean, one. I'm a There's big, so many good Netflix I love specials. Game of Thrones. I, I jumped on that bandwagon. Yeah, here's the thing. Game of Thrones isn't ended yet, so I it's know. tough for me to call it my favorite. Because it current, could end shitty. Currently, it is definitely my It's like yeah, it's, it's my really current good. favorite. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm a huge fantasy person, so I love Supernatural. I used to I love... Like um, I used to love... I still do Sons of Anarchy, but the last season to me just faltered just a lot. Just killed the whole series. I legitimately, <laughs> I mean, literally, my long hair was grown because of Jax Teller. That's why I started growing my hair long. Yeah, you used to buy these like little uh, one thirty second Harley models. Yeah, and you'd go like leather, and I had my leather gloves. I go to the grocery store. He would just with my like, jacket. He would just like use his fingers, put them on the handlebars, and like ride the bike across the table. Like, all the time. Yeah, dude, I fantasized about it. I used to have wear an Outlaws jacket until I got beat up by the one of the original Dayton Outlaws. Kicked the shit out of me in the middle of the street Corey, for wearing their jacket. Dinner's ready. Not now, Ma. <laughs> I'm riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, anyway, that used to be, I mean, before season, the last season of season seven, that was my favorite show of all time. I mean, yeah. I love that show. It made me want to be in a biker game totally. so bad. Totally. I researched it and everything. And then I was like, I don't want to go to prison or die. <laughs> so right. this is probably not for me. Can't do it now. I mean, I'll be the accountant or something. I could probably do that. <laughs> do they need like a graphic designer? I couldn't be, I couldn't be the Tyler. That's for sure. There's no oh, way yeah. I could be the Tyler. No way. Uh, last question comes out to us from J.R. Mugglebuggle. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do while you smoke? Sit quietly, listen to, or watch something, etc.? I personally enjoy listening to the podcast. Uh, these conversations are fucking hilarious. Well, thank you, J.R. Yeah, we. I think we've answered this question before, maybe, but it, it, it's kind of ever-changing for me. So um, I usually listen to podcasts, not our own. Um, I listen to, and if anybody's interested, if you haven't, I know Vlad listens to the Joe Rogan podcast. We've talked about that before. That's one of my favorites because he always has really cool guests on. Uh, I listen to the fighter and the kid, Theo Vaughn, your mom's house, um, Burt Kreischer's podcast. There's certain podcasts I love. I listen. I've been listening to Pat McAfee's podcast a lot recently. He's the um, ex NFL punter from the Colts. Mm-hmm. He's really funny, and his his crew is always hilarious to listen to. Um, I'm listening to a Wolverine podcast right now, a Marvel podcast, which is so dope. It's literally an audio. It's like a story. It's an audio story, but it's like so. It's a film without picture. Like you hear everything, you it kind of get engrossed in the senses of it, but it's a podcast and I actually got to listen. I think it's on um, episode nine and it's a Wolverine podcast. It is so good. Someone at hockey turned me onto it. Fucking fantastic. So I listen to things like that while I'm smoking because I don't have to pay super attention to them. They're just sometimes in the background because a lot of times when we're smoking, we're reviewing. Yeah. Right. So my intention is, is almost solely put on the cigar in that moment, unless I'm just smoking for leisure, which I do from time to time. Um, but for the most part, I'm, you know, I'm working on something. My laptop's always with me. So having a podcast just in the background is yeah. usually preference. I got two things for sure. I do two things. It's one or the other. Uh, listen to a pod, listen to podcasts, uh, Bet you can guess what it is. What type? D and D podcast. D and D adventure zone. What was it called? Yeah. I listen to that one. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I listen to a lot. Um, uh, Drunkens and Dragons. I listen to. Uh, so if anyone could tell who the fucking massive nerd is out of between the two of us, oh, it's totally me, and I'm cool with it. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, the other thing I do, I honestly do like sitting in silence. There's something about, especially when the weather's nice. If you're just sitting out and you're slowly smoking a cigar, you're not thinking too much about it, the cigar, but you enjoy doing it and just sitting in silent and taking in the ambience outside, it, there's nothing as relaxing. And that's why we've even mentioned before, like the idea of doing, uh, you know, like sitting on the beach, sitting on the beach and smoking. There's something about it. It's like one of the most relaxing things you it's could serene, possibly it's do. It's peaceful. There's things that go together with cigar yeah, smoking. Yeah, totally. Like there's, there's environments that you can be in which are conducive for cigar smoking. There's moments you can be in with friends. There's certain things you can listen to or experience. Like I don't watch a lot. I don't watch TV when I smoke. No, like I, I never either. turn on the TV no. outside. Like I just, I can't concentrate on nope. two things like that. Right. I like background noise. Right. Um, every once in a while I listen to music, but mostly podcasts. Yeah. Uh, great questions, guys. We've got plenty more and there's some coming up from Philip Williams and some of our other faction members. Yep. Um, so, uh, keep that in mind. We will get to those in the next episode. I promise you boys, 
But thank you for spending this time with us. This was an awesome podcast. It was a great podcast. And uh, this will officially be episode 75. So I'm glad that this is a milestone episode. I think it's completely worthy of that. Um, and the next episode, we'll be back at you with uh, 76er, huh? Yeah. A little 76er. Maybe we'll make it all about NBA talk. Oh, we'll do about a the fun just about the 76ers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. So, anyway, everybody enjoy. We'll be back at you next week. <laughs>